purpose of analytics is to help us make decisions, is to create decision-making capabilities across the company. And the next step was essentially find out what those decisions that we would need to make. When I say decisions, these are not like once in a quarter boardroom decisions. I'm talking about everyday decisions that many of our colleagues make every single day. Welcome to The Data Chief. The Data Chief is a podcast for data and analytics leaders to share their personal stories and insights on technology, culture, and leadership. Every day we make decisions. Some are as simple as deciding when to leave for work in order to beat traffic or what to eat for breakfast. Others bear much greater importance, such as what new products to launch or what new markets to tackle. Analytics plays an important role in helping your business make these decisions in a smarter, more data-driven way. Vijay Kotu is the SVP of Data and Analytics for ServiceNow, a company that is helping enterprises manage digital workflows. In this episode of The Data Chief, Vijay discusses how he is building a high-growth mathematical enterprise where frontline workers are empowered to make smarter business decisions with data and AI. He also speaks about the impact of ecosystems, the need for businesses to have a holistic view of their data in order to create positive outcomes, and why being intentional about analytics use cases is absolutely essential. The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people from companies like Walmart, Hulu, Schneider Electric, Cloud Academy, and Mercado use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. You can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. So Vijay, welcome to the Data Chief. Glad to be here, Cindy. Thanks for the invite. Oh, it's great to have you here. You have such a fascinating background. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining here from uh, San Francisco Bay Area. The always sunny Bay Area. <laughs> oh, we are lucky. <laughs> so, Vijay, you know, working at one of the most fascinating companies as the head of data and analytics at ServiceNow, tell us about your journey to ServiceNow. Cindy, it goes a long way back to start my journey in the data space. I started as data engineer and working in data warehouses and building systems, building BI systems, analytic systems. Later on, I moved on to the business side, particularly on the marketing analytics, on the optimizing campaigns, online campaigns, optimizing online presence, e-commerce, and uh, finally into data science. How do we make all this data actionable using predictions, AI, and everything? So that's the another a stint in my career is on data science and ML and everything. Coming to ServiceNow, I have an opportunity to bring all these three things together. And that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, it is an exciting time. And so let's say you started earlier in your career at Yahoo, at one point a startup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And now ServiceNow, a cloud native company and one of the most important platforms that organizations are using to service their customers, retain their customers. How has this gone from startup to large-scale on-premises to cloud? 
So Cindy, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Different opportunities I had in my entire career is been building up for this moment in ServiceNow. Being part of a very small startup company gave me incredible breadth of everything that data can do to run a small enterprise. And that was necessary. I was the developer there. I was the administrator. I was the, the business manager. So multiple roles. And in fact, I was having a brief stint in finance world uh, in part of the small, start, uh, small startup company, which was incredible experience. Later on, I moved to slightly larger company on how do we use data to optimize our e-commerce presence, which was like a billion dollar sales that was through this e-commerce in my stint in life technologies. That was incredible for me to learn more about marketing. How can we use that data to engage with our potential customers and helping them in through our e-commerce channel? That was fantastic. At Yahoo, it's everything at large scale and data is all around within our company. How do we bring it together to provide our business managers, leadership, sales, marketing, brands, executive team, information they need to know to run their business. So it all built up into the opportunity here that we have in ServiceNow. One thing that attracted me to ServiceNow was number one, how can we build a mathematical enterprise, a mathematical enterprise where we can use data to enable the growth of the company and how can we use AI to drive it. So that was a great, great opportunity. Number two, I would say, is also ServiceNow as a company. I should admit at that time, this was three years ago, I didn't know much about ServiceNow before I engaged with this opportunity. Once I started learning, okay, so this is, this is a workflow platform. Cindy, you know this in terms of one of the holy grails of analytics is converting that insights to action. And I found that workflow can be that action machine to, to essentially connect and close the loop. And I found that in ServiceNow, how can we use workflows to accelerate our journey into analytics? And number three is also the value of the company. It's being hungry and humble is something of value that really resonated with me. So those are the reasons why I joined ServiceNow. Yeah, so that's it's a fascinating journey. And I forgot life technologies in the biotech space. So, so a couple things that you mentioned there, Vijay, is also your hands-on. You've worked cross-functionally, finance, marketing. How has this cross-domain and hands-on experience helped you as a leader in the data and analytics space? Great question. I mentioned before, I started technical in the technical world on building data warehouse and everything. I'm wondering, okay, we are doing all this work. Where does this end up? Yeah, why? <laughs> How are people using it? So I was very curious about it. And uh, being data heavy and being part of an online marketing company, then that was my first foray into, okay, what does a campaign mean? And how do we optimize campaign? And we wrote a few algorithms, the team and I, on how do we optimize. One of the use cases I found was at that time, if we end the campaign at three o'clock, rather than running the campaign for the entire day, the company, it's, it's really optimized. The, the outcome is really optimized because after three o'clock, it is essentially the profit is running negative. The campaign is running negative here. So those are simple decisions 
that we are able to make. And that was changing the trajectory of how we used to do things as a business. And that got me really excited into how data can be applied for us all to work optimally and effectively. And, and that was my foray into the actually on the business side, on functional side there. And end of the day, the other thing I appreciated is even though there are multiple functional domains across the company, it is the core business. It is the business that brings it all together. And even more, I have conviction of having one place to go for data rather than data getting proliferated and multiple copies of it, silos of it getting built. And that was my initial understanding. It's, it's one business and uh, we need one set of data to run this entire business and it got to be in one place. Yeah. So a couple things there, Vijay, that's making me chuckle. The data warehouse is not the goal, is it? It's those business outcomes, those insights. I, I like that you made that subtle point. And then also that you said, well, what does a campaign mean? Early in my career, I had to say, what does a business balance sheet mean? And sorry if I'm embarrassing myself now, but that's why I went back to school. So I think that domain, knowing why you're doing something and the ultimate goal of analytics and action, I think is really important. When you came to ServiceNow three years ago, Data and analytics was not so elevated. How did you raise the awareness of the importance and the potential to use data and analytics to grow revenues at ServiceNow? Yeah. So when I came to ServiceNow, first of all, there's incredible talent in ServiceNow working to elevate the data, to, to put data in the center. How do we make the company data-driven? So there's great talent. Another one is the company has done really good investment in making one place, one data lake for the entire company. And the other part of it that was probably missing is what decisions are we going to make with this data was not very clear. And being intentional about what are the three or five decisions that we are going to elevate, we're going to make to elevate our operational capability across the company was not clear. So the first step was to really looking at the purpose of analytics. The purpose of analytics is to help us make decisions, is to create decision-making capabilities across the company. When I say decisions, these are not like, like once in a quarter boardroom decisions. I'm talking about everyday decisions that many of our colleagues make every single day. For example, which customers should I talk to? Which customers need help? What kind of content should I place in front of a customer or a prospect? So those are everyday decisions that all of our account teams, our marketing teams would be doing. How can we impact their daily lives? So really the first step was to figuring out what decisions do we need to impact? Do we need to elevate? Or what decisions are we going to make it better? Was the step number one. Yeah. And I love that you start with the decisions. And so part of the way that you've been educating everyone about the potential here is I understand that you also have a ServiceNow sponsored podcast for data and analytics. Tell us about that. Oh, that's a great podcast. It talks about our day-to-day -day journey into ServiceNow. One of the things I'm extremely proud of what the team has done is this is a story that needs to be told about how we are making data 
to run ServiceNow, how we can make AI-enabled enterprise with ServiceNow. And that's why we are chronicling this, this entire experience here, the challenges that we are facing and the setbacks that we had and see what is the progress that we are learning from is something that we wanted to share with people. So there is a podcast on data and analytics at ServiceNow. And I think we are in season three right now. That's awesome. Um, That's great. I was listening to some of this last night as well. So we will make sure that we share that out in the show notes. So you've elevated the importance of data and analytics within ServiceNow, but I think it's also to talk about some of the shifts in the ecosystem that the cloud enables. And I'm allowed to share because we've had the CIO of Snowflake, Sunny, speak at the ThoughtSpot conferences, and he's actually shown how he uses ServiceNow and ThoughtSpot to better support his IT operations. And if I think about the integration that Snowflake and ServiceNow and then an analytics platform has, if you go back in time and think about how hard this was in an on-premises world and the concepts of these ecosystems moving forward in a cloud world, how are you seeing this impact your data and analytics strategy? Yeah. So if you take a step back and looking at uh, platforms like ServiceNow, ServiceNow enables digital transformation within our customers' place. One of the core requirements of that digital transformation is having the right data at the right place at the right time. There are some use cases where you want to leave the data in the platform for better actionability of the data. There are some use cases where we need to bring the data in the platform to combine with other data that you may have, customer data or something, and have much more enriched view of that data. And that's what you were talking about, Cindy. And also the other use cases where you want that information from your core data lake into the platform so that some of the actionability of that information can be realized. So there are all these use cases in any enterprise. And we as a company wanted to enable all three. And that's where we see the value data in just in one place is less valuable. But when you connect it with other data points that you have, it just becomes even more valuable. Yeah, I think that's what gives you things like customer 360 or the ability to prioritize and even see like your campaign effectiveness. So depending on the use case, I think that's important. You mentioned already the concept of it's more than just the analytics, it's the action on that analytics. And you wrote that insight without action has no value in a very good blog. What's the antidote? Looking at the overall data and analytics, it's been here for ages, probably the modern way of looking at it in the last 30 years. It's all about providing information and insights, which is fantastic. We do need that, right? Everyone should have access to information to do their job better. Taking a step further would be closing that loop of, okay, what are you going to do with those insights? And those would be the actions. And that has been the holy grail of analytics. Rather than stopping at insights, you're closing the loop on helping people do that action here. One of the reasons why I joined ServiceNow is ServiceNow could be that action platform. The workflows are the action. For example, one of our customers need help. The insight would be, yes, this customer needs help in this area. And helping 
our own success teams, sales teams, to do a sequence of steps where they can coordinate internally with the team, providing a solution to the customer would be that particular action there. Now we can close the loop of that insights with action. That has been really a game changer for us. Yeah. I mean, and I would say it's been a vision in the analytics industry for decades, but not one that anyone has executed very well on. I have a number of theories why that is. I'd like to hear your theories. Why is it more possible now? First of all, um, we have cloud platforms. Okay, right. Which is easy. There is also another part of it is no code platforms as well. So if you are in analytics world, you have a particular skill set of putting the data together, connecting the data, visualizing the data, and creating AI algo. Those are not probably necessary skill set for you to create some action workflows out of it. But having this no-code platform on ability to create those workflows by anyone would be great. Let's dive into this a little more. So we need cloud. We need low code. We need somebody that knows the processes. Does an open API framework um, come into play here? Absolutely. Open API provides more signals for us to make better insights and decisions there. APIs you can use to activate workflows as well. Absolutely. But when I say workflow, it does not always have to be someone monitoring that workflow. It could be a completely automated workflow to close that particular action. It could be automated decision-making in some cases there. And the API is for us to bring the status back into the system as well. So for example, if I'm owning the account, here's the particular action I have performed. It is useful information to provide to someone else in the account team. Okay, Sally got it covered. So that is great. So this particular workflow is in action. We are going to solve this customer issue. Uh, this is the area that customer needs help, but we have acted on that. So that is a record. So API goes both ways there. Okay, good. So if I take the use case that you had, customer success, maybe you're seeing somebody asked for a question, opened a ticket for support. It's a high value customer and the time has been more than whatever the SLA is. So that's your insight. Your action framework then would be distributing the request or sending a message or an email. Absolutely. And, and we can throw some predictions in between. So if we do this action, the estimated value is going to be X, Y, Z. So we can have some prediction to even prioritize actions as well. So is this the best thing for us to work on right now? Because there might be 300 or 400 actions that we can do on a particular domain. Great. That was going to be my fourth point. What are you envisioning the role of AI or predictions to play here? So you think it's also in what is the action? So not that it's just strictly a rule-based old school action framework. Absolutely. And I call this as overall decision factory. So if you go back to the purpose of analytics, data and analytics is to help us make those decisions, those micro decisions every single day. Let's imagine that we're purchasing a house, right? So what do you need? What are the data points that you need? First of all, you would need some information about the house and your needs. Those are factual data, right? That you can gather. And number two is you're going to do some kind of prediction in terms of, okay, you're going to be in this area for a while. There are schools around this. You're going to make some predictions on the future about that. 
And the other one is what I call it as heuristic insights, rule of thumb, right? We are making some kind of rule of thumb saying that, yeah, the house prices might actually go up slightly. So that is the rule of thumb that you use that based on common knowledge that we all have. It might be incorrect sometimes, but overall in the longer term, maybe it is right. Yeah. And some kind of actuation platform, you're acting on it on the purchasing process and everything. If everything can be done in one platform, that is the data and analytics platform that we can orchestrate this whole thing. That's just an kind of analogy into what we do at work every day. We need factual data. We need predictions. We need some heuristic insights, a way to act on it, enabled by a platform all in one place. I like the term you use, the decision factory. If you say within service now, how pervasive or real is the decision factory and how quickly do you think other large organizations can adopt that? We are in the process. Okay. And uh, the way uh, we got it started is what are the five things that we wanted to do and how we want to do The five things we want to do are the decisions. What across the company, what are the five areas that we need to improve our decision-making capability? And we chose those five areas. Number two is how are we going to create that decision-making capability? One is to have common, consistent, and connected data, what we call it as knowledge graph internally. Number two is AI, wherever we can predict what are the high-value use cases that we can use for prediction. And number three is research and insights. They consume all this data, provide high-level insights into the heuristics that company needs to know. For example, buying this product with that product, it's actually more beneficial for our customers because the engagement goes up. That is essentially the heuristics, the knowledge, the tribal knowledge that we wanted to have and improve on. And that is what uh, there's a separate team focusing on research and insights across the company and our own workflows. How can I combine analytics insight with workflows? And we call it as analytics and workflows as a thing. We started doing that. And the last one is everything on one enterprise data platform. So those are the five, essentially the strategic, how part of the strategy for us to create those decision-making capabilities there. So we started with our customers. First of all, you you talked about customer 360. Every company needs it. It might be difficult if your data is all over the place. That was one advantage that we had. So it gave us a little bit more um, acceleration there, but having one place for all the customer data. So across our company, there's one asset that we have built, whether you're part of sales, marketing, product, it doesn't matter. If you need customer data, it's in one place. All right, so that is a great advantage. And then moving on into how can I get insights for out of it? How can we provide that heuristic insights to our key leaders across the company? Doesn't matter what function they belong to. And moving on into the workflows. Yeah. Which area the customer needs help with and actuating that in some of the workflows was essentially our initial area. So there's two pieces to this, Vijay, that I think is helpful for other data leaders to hear. One is that you started with customer and now you're taking the learnings and applying them across the organization. We often talk about quick wins versus boiling the ocean. So I like the way you've approached this. 
are the other, let's say, processes or functional areas patiently waiting or are they clamoring at your doorstep? Like, how do you avoid boiling the ocean versus taking these lessons that you've learned with the first focus area? As any uh, company that is facing right now, particularly true in high growth companies, but I can generalize with any organization right now, you will have a lot more to do than what our capacity is available. Yes. And in a way that should happen because that kind of scarcity helps us make better prioritization decision on what is the highest value things that we need to choose and being intentional about it and focus that is needed there. So to answer your question, yes, we do have a lot more use cases that we can go and implement uh, our decision factory than the capacity that allows to, but scarcity is essential. Yeah. And I do think for sure there's other functions and technologies that require prioritization, but I think we have these converging forces of rapid change and innovation scarcity of talent that understands this. And so it's where do you place your bets? And I think about some companies that are struggling to innovate. And so they feel safer just working in the old ways. Now, maybe the last year, the pandemic, the crazy supply chains, maybe that has given enough of a reset to everyone. But do you think this was a realization always at ServiceNow or is it more recent? First of all, in terms of the areas that we can go after and, and the use cases that we can engage, it is a very fluid conversation because we are learning as a company. And the other way to think about it, it's specifically for data and analytics, Cindy, it's so true. The new platforms in the data and analytics world makes it little bit easier for, for us to have broader access to the data and data democratization in different levels. For an analyst, for the data that you're authorized, you have access to the data and new platforms allows us to cloud platforms, especially allows us to scale in that particular community and building solutions for their team, or their functional owners or something, it can provide a little bit more scale. So the new tools and technology is enabling us. So citizen, let's say analyst, citizen data scientist is, is a thing right now. Yes. And see how we can enable across the company that particular skill set for us to self-serve many of the solutions. On the other side, there's, there's also the prioritization as well. There are many things that we can do, but what are the things that matters the most for our customers right now? is a prioritization decision and doing really well in those areas will help us reach farther in our goal. Yeah. So I do think the data democratization is a top trend for sure that everyone's trying to do. But the other point that you made that I wanted to probe a little bit here, you talked about this, well, a few concepts came together, the knowledge graph, mm -hmm. but then also to have customer data all in one place with a goal of never moving and replicating it. So I think about these hot topics of whether you're going the route of the data fabric or the data mesh and a concern that in the absence of a data warehouse, we'll lose the sense of clean data as it relates to any master data such as customer. 
How are you balancing this? Is this rising to a level of importance in your organization? It is essential for a modern company and the company that we want to become, the defining 21st century software company, it is crucial for us to understand our customers and making sure that we are providing value. So it is essential. There are many ways that we can solve that is bringing some of these data points, the business data in one place for us to have that 360 degree view. Or can it be federated in a way virtually that can be brought together? That could be a solution as well. We have chosen one route, but there could be other possible solutions as well. It might be very specific to the companies there. If your data is spread out across multiple functions, it takes so much calories to actually bring it together, right? If that is the first thing that we need to do, or is it a virtual way to bring out data? I would probably choose the virtual way to prove the value before making any massive investment in bringing the data together. Moving the data or maybe persisting it in a more expensive storage area. But so it sounds like this is something design-wise that you're also looking into. You know, you're very humble, Vijay. So so apologies if I'm going to embarrass you here, but there's a really good quote from the ServiceNow Chief Revenue Officer, Kevin Haverty. I like to say that Vijay is our most valuable player in sales. Even though he's not in sales, he and his team can make data very consumable and that lets us make the right decisions. So if I look at this quote and what every data leader would aspire to, how did you get to this point of partnership? Great point. And I would say Kevin has been very generous (laughs) (laughs) in his quote, Uh, but really the the entire team, data analytics team, uh, Kevin's team, operations team, all working together and providing the value in terms of uh, partnership. Uh, It all becomes starts with trust. Data and analytics is in the service of the company, right? So end of the day, it is our sales organization, marketing, customer organization, product organization, finance, IT, talent, legal. They're the ones who are running the functions and we are helping them to make better decisions. Just to start with, better appreciation and respect of what our functions are doing is important and more knowledge about the outcomes they are driving and how data and analytics, AI, can be helpful in that particular outcome they are driving, that is important. Yeah. That's, that's probably the first step there. Second one is building trust is always based on the work. And the work here is how can we deliver few use cases that we can gain more trust and keep it, it it's in a growth cycle right now. And that is probably the best approach where out of many things that we can do, what are the few things that are so pivotal right now that we need to focus on getting it done and see how we can start this flywheel going? That's probably the approach I would choose. Yeah. So aligning to business outcomes, I love that. And then building trust one use case at a time, I think is great. The other thing that I've heard you write and speak about is that it's more the role of the data and analytics team, not necessarily to be the sole doers, but more that your purpose of existence is to provide guidance. Can you elaborate on that? If the purpose of overall data and analytics um, organization and the 
capability in any company is creating those decision-making capability. That's a long sentence. And if we can condense in one word, I would choose guidance. End of the day, we are providing guidance to our organization, to our leaders, to every employee in the company. And the guidance could be from based on existing data. The guidance could be based on the prediction that we are doing. The guidance could be here are the recommended actions based on everything that is going on. These are the three things that we need to do for this customer. These are the three things that you need to do today are prescribed guidance there for, for the maximum effectiveness. It is a prescriptive action. And so I go back to this word of guidance. So our purpose here is enabling of providing that guidance to our stakeholders. Earlier on, you mentioned the podcast about it's a day in the life, the good things, the successes. And I feel like so far, everything we've talked about sounds so rosy and so innovative, but you also mentioned setbacks. Can you share an example of a setback either in the last three years or earlier in your career? And how did you navigate out of that? It's an everyday hustle, everyday struggle, right? So it's a new <laughs> challenges coming up every day. And we are all learning from those challenges and getting mentorship from people who have been through a similar challenge. It's great, right? So in terms of earlier setback, I would say one event um, uh, that happened when I initially joined ServiceNow, it was great. I had purpose in, in joining ServiceNow. I was aligned with company values. Data and analytics is so center of how we want to grow the company and the business forward. I met with a bunch of folks, leaders across the company, listened to them, and finally came up with a strategy, which was like probably 30 slides long. And I remember the moment where uh, it was my turn to provide this strategy to our executive staff. And uh, at that time, the company was led by John Donahoe, and now he's the CEO of Nike. I remember in that, that one meeting, where it was my turn to provide strategy and uh, I couldn't get past second slide. Oh dear. I was so looking forward to this, uh, to this meeting. I did all the preparation. Everything was like lining up. Everyone said, great, we can nail this. So that was my grand reveal of analytic strategy and couldn't get past second slide. And John's question was really simple. What are you going to create? And he used that word, what decision-making capabilities are you going to create? Instead of much more into, I was more into the how part of it, how I'm going to bring the data together, how I'm going to have this capability, knowledge graph, AI, everything. But his vantage point was completely different on that decision-making capabilities. I didn't have an answer. Um, I was like completely, my mouth was dry. I was like, I didn't have an answer there. But that question essentially prompted in my own investigation of the purpose of data and analytics organization. And that word stuck, decision-making capability that we are going to create. Okay, our purpose is to create that decision-making capability. Our purpose is not to bring data together, to create this AI algorithm, to provide this insight or have this MDM tool our purpose is to bring it all together. Ultimately, John helped me to put the focus on the users 
but users making decision and doing a particular action. And that was like a month long, essentially recovery from that meeting that went horribly wrong, <laughs> but that was the greatest learning I had. And uh, that enabled me to collaborate with likes of Kevin and our key leaders on really figuring out what decision-making capabilities that we need as a company to move forward. Yeah. So what a brilliant setback. <laughs> but yeah. say, what a brilliant setback. I can imagine that was an awful few moments or a difficult month, but listen to what you were describing then. And what you're describing now is the alignment to the business outcomes. Or as Simon Sinek would say, it's the why. It's the why are you using data? Yeah. The how is where too often we get caught in the weeds. Yeah, absolutely right, Cindy. Um, yes, it was awful meeting, <laughs> uh, but it was. I'm glad I went through that. Yeah, and I'm thankful for John for for that lesson. And I would say mentorship from Chris Beatty, who's the CIO of ServiceNow, Kevin, all the the leaders and the team who helped me recover and learn from that experience and come back even more powerful. It's a growth journey. And Bill McTurman, who is our CEO, he was a great proponent on using data and analytics to drive the company forward. And, and his mentorship was, was immensely helpful. So setbacks happen every day, <laughs> every month in a varied level of impact. It's a great learning opportunity as well. Yes, of course, Bill McDermott would value data and analytics having come from SAP, one, a source, but also thinking of their platforms as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm predicting, Vijay, you're going to get people reaching out to you saying, will you look at my deck? <laughs> Let me know. Do I have <laughs> enough of the why or the decision making? What decision making in here? But I think that's a brilliant lesson. Vijay, if you think about the pace of change in the industry and so much going on, how do you personally keep up with things? Who do you read? Do you even read? Or is it all podcasts or is your team feeding you nuggets? How do you keep up? Yes, I do read, read books. And um, I also listen to Audible, audiobooks as well. So my primary source of what's going on to understand is my team, yeah. <laughs> my peers, what are they talking about? And what are the new areas that might be exciting and interesting? Or in a way, also the areas that I might have overlooked in the past. Because of that learning, I just talked about decision-making capability. I now am more focused on understanding the human decision-making process, the bias that we have. One of the great books I've read is uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Yes. It is the source of understanding human bias. But also I learned a lot about the process of that decision-making. How to be aware of some of the biases that we already have. Is that seeping into in the company narratives? And how can we avoid that? It's, it's a great learning. It's just we're learning about ourselves. I'm also interested in, in other topics. Um, I do listen to Star Talk uh, by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, so I have other, other interests as well. But some of the key books have completely changed my life. I would definitely put that book on um, Thinking Fast and Slow. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that book. And good to know that you're also a stargazer. We have a number of data chiefs 
Ajay from the Mayo Clinic, a CDO who studies the stars as well, astronomy. Given that you do listen to podcasts, then I should ask you if I could book one guest on the Data Chief podcast, who would you most want to hear from? That's a great question. There's, there's a lot to follow. Kirk actually would be great. Has Kirk been uh, in the podcast before? We've done some LinkedIn Lives, but I don't actually think I've had him on this podcast. And we've done some data for good work together. I'll share the YouTube that we did for some students. He's a brilliant speaker um, and, and person. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I would nominate Kirk to be coming into this podcast. I remember a picture where Kirk was holding my book. So that was actually great. And I think I've met him in one of the conferences. He's a great speaker. Yeah, he, he is. I call him our industry's Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he feels about that. That's all right. <laughs> well, Vijay, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. I always like to close with a question. You know, the last two years have been challenging for different reasons for many people. So if you could share a story that would make people laugh or what's made you laugh out loud, tears running down your cheeks in the last year? You know, it's quite interesting. Yes, we do, we do need more of those lighter moments. Um, and uh, for the last couple of years has been really challenging. One pleasures of uh, everyday life is also... At the end of the day, my wife and I will watch the reruns of uh, Office or Friends. And that was a great way to end the day. And that's a new habit that I picked it up and uh, just going back into the, the same things uh, that we have enjoyed a little bit earlier in the life. So I would always go back. Yeah, that's great. So you like the comedies. Uh, Vijay, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for being on The Data Chief. Cindy, thank you so much for inviting. I had fun and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Data Chief. To learn more about today's guest, recommend a future guest, or hear more of the show, head over to thedatachief.com. If you have questions for Cindy or comments about the episode, give her a shout by dropping your thoughts on LinkedIn and tagging Cindy Housen. Join her on LinkedIn Live the first Thursday of each month for a live version of The Data Chief, where she'll share best practices and take your questions live. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Every review helps more people discover the podcast and helps us improve our content. The Data Chief is brought to you by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. Finding insights in your company's data doesn't have to be complicated. All you need is search. With ThoughtSpot, anyone in your organization can easily answer their own data questions, find facts, and make better, faster decisions. Learn more at ThoughtSpot.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Data Chief. To learn more about today's guest, recommend a future guest, or hear more of the show, head over to thedatachief.com. If you have questions for Cindy or comments about the episode, give her a shout by dropping your thoughts on LinkedIn and tagging Cindy Housen. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Every review helps more people discover the podcast and helps us improve our content.
The Data Chief is presented by our friends at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company. ThoughtSpot makes it easy for anyone to analyze your company's data with search and AI. Business people at companies like Verizon, CVS, Amazon, Afterpay, OpenTable, and T-Mobile use ThoughtSpot to quickly uncover new insights and turn them into action. And you can learn more at ThoughtSpot.com.